0: holiday series with Floyd McClung In this podcast he discusses how to start a Discovery Bible study He unpacks the structure of the uh, Discovery Bible study With uh, the ABC, the Ask, the Bible, the Commit He also unpacks some crucial concepts like How simplicity beats complexity I love listening to Floyd He's so conversational His heart beats with passion and love And I trust that you are blessed as you listen to this second podcast, How to Start a Discovery Bible Study. So if we were going to do a Bible study every week, if Francis and Dave and I were going to get together and... What's your name? Caroline. And... Guys. Guys? Guys. Guys? Guys. Guys. Okay. Let's say the four of us we're meeting together in a coffee shop. What's a coffee shop in Melbourne? Coffee shop. The coffee shop. Co- the coffee shop. Hey, that's an original name. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting together. How should we start? What do you think would make sense? Have a cup of coffee. <laughs> And connect. Eat some food. Eat some food? <laughs> I like food. Church planning equals food, by the way. <laughs> it's just a great way to connect. We all like food. and We like being together. So food, coffee, connect. So let's put a little more substance to it now, besides good, good chow and a good, good cup of coffee. What would we want to start with? Well, what would we want to include pretty close to the beginning? Given what we're learning from this story, where their hearts at? Where their heart's at? The gospel. Gospel? Get into their, Get into their lives. God. What about the Word of God? Let's say we've been meeting every week and this is our fourth week, it's not our first time. Are, are they obeying? Hey, who said that? Yes, Joyce. Is that right, Joyce? So, where do we find out? What's, what's the connection between this week and last week? What's yeah, what God's been speaking to in your life. Might be speaking you to obey. And what we, we discussed and what God spoke to us last week. So why keep going with more information and pass up the opportunity... To be open and transparent with each other about the last thing God said to us. What we did, what we learned, what he spoke to us when we were together. And then what we're doing with it all through the week. Um, I'm doing what we call, and I'm going to explain this a little bit more, a discovery Bible study with some Malawian guys. Awesome, awesome guys. Uh, Very good friends of mine. I had the privilege of leading one of the guys to faith in Christ. Um, Then I got to marry he and his wife, and it was such a cool experience. Um, yeah. So James was there uh, from Malawi. Um, blessing uh, Jonah and Redmond. Three great guys. And these guys are all now on the journey to, towards serious commitment with great sacrifice, willingness to suffer, to make Jesus known through disciple-making and church planning. So we, we do this kind of a Bible study with those guys In the book of Acts. Uh, I use three sources, three places where we do these kind of Bible studies. We do what we call creation to Christ, or the God story, kind of giving people the big picture. Or we then do what does it mean to be a disciple, working through eight lessons of being a disciple with Jesus. Sometimes we expand it up to as many as 13 or 14, uh, like uh, in in a book that I've written. But we take some basic elements of what it means to be a serious, committed follower of Jesus. And then thirdly, we look at what it means to be a leader, a church planter in the book of Acts. So three kind of sources to do this. This is a suggestion. So we're doing the book of Acts. Uh, Chapter 8. Stephen is a hero. He's baptizing people. And Philip. Sorry, Philip. And he's gone to Samaria. And God uses him to reach an Ethiopian. So at the end, we each share the one thing God speaks to us. I come back next week in chapter 9, and we start off our Bible study after just saying hi and connecting and spending a little time just with friendship. One of the guys said, Okay, what, ab- what about last week? What did God say and how are we doing? One of the guys speaks up and he says, Just like this, I did not obey God. I sinned this week. Now, what do you do with that? You know what we did? We celebrated his honesty. Because we all know that we've had weeks like that. So we celebrated. There is no such thing as failure for honest people. There's no such thing as failure with people who are responding to the love and grace of God with open hearts. You can't do it. You can learn, you can grow. But in God's eyes, it's not failure if there's honesty and commitment to respond. So we each went around and shared. And then you know what we did? We prayed for blessing. We stood with him and we prayed for him. And next week, you know what blessing said? This week, I obeyed God. (laughs) And he shared what God had spoken to him again and said, now I did it. And we celebrated his obedience. Accountability and transparency is a part of what makes people grow as disciples. No transparency and no accountability, growth won't really happen. So at the beginning of a time together, we went on then. Not only did we kind of give a kind of update to each other of what we were doing with our commitment to obey God, but then we each shared a a simple need that we could pray for each other. So we went around the circle, there's four of us, we each shared one need, and then we prayed for each other. And then we went around the circle again. This is the three things we did at the beginning. We shared what we had done with obedience. We each shared a need and prayed for each other. And then we went around and we each shared one thing we were thankful for. And we began to worship God and give Him thanks. And this kind of worship is based on recognizing God at work in our everyday ordinary lives. Seeing God work for us is a basis for true worship. So as Dave said, you don't need a, an instrument to worship God, right? So here's the beginning. Accountability, prayer, worship. The middle part is the meat, the word. By the way, the best teacher is who? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So those of you who like to teach, you got to make room. There's a better teacher in town. <laughs> you got to kind of Close it and let him teach. And the temptation is to explain, exhort, just don't do it. Let the Holy Spirit speak. At the risk that they might not get it. And the third thing, the third part of the group, is then to make a commitment to go out and obey and pray for people who don't know Jesus. So three parts of the group. Uh, we call it ABC. Uh, some people call it up and out. Because the first part is like the prayer for each other, the worship, giving up, confessing to each other how we're doing, and we turn that to the Lord. The second part is kind of taking in from the Word of God, speaking to our lives. And the third part is looking out with a commitment to obey and share with others. Up and out. A, B, C, A is ask, B, Bible, C, commit to obey. It's very simple. You know, you know, it's really hard to reproduce complexity. How many of you could build a computer from scratch? I bet there's somebody here who can do it. How many, anybody here can build a computer from scratch? You are amazing, man. Let's give Jack a hand. You are awesome, dude. (laughs) Well, actually, let me first find out, is this a PC or is this an Apple? No, I can build nothing. Sorry? No, I can build nothing. Okay. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Um, Complexity, the more complex it is, the harder it is to transfer it, pass it on, and reproduce it. The simpler it is, we can all do it. right? A stands for? Ask. Ask each other how we're doing. Ask a need. Ask what we're thankful for. By the way, how much training do you have to have to do that? B stands for? Bible. The Word of God. Who's the best teacher? Holy Spirit. What's the best book? The Word of God. And by the way, what if you don't read? Preach it? <laughs> What if you can't read? Yeah, Pitch it. Pitch it. Story. Story it. Story it. Story. So that's, I tried to kind of model that for you. Did you know that 80% of all the human population learns best through hearing, not reading? So 80% should be based on storing the Bible. We've actually started something really fun. Somebody just taught us this. So we're now doing, and if you'd like to do this, we'll do it tomorrow morning. It's a blast. Uh, we, we do l- what we call living statues. We actually act out the stories of the Bible together. And it is so much fun. Kids love it. Adults love it. It becomes very interactive. Would you like to do that tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Like three of you said yes, so the three of us <laughs> will do it. <laughs> And thirdly, the C stands for commit to obey, make it serious, and to pray for blessed people who don't know Jesus, who are still on that journey, to love them and remember them. Okay, I want everybody to do something. I want you to breathe out. Take a little bit of breath and exhale. (sighs) Inhale. And open your eyes real big. A lot of the guys that we're discipling find it easier to remember exhale, give out in worship, prayer, sharing, confession. Inhale, taking in the word, and open your eyes. Look outside of ourselves. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Anybody can do this. But you know what? One of the temptations is for people to make it too complicated. I want to encourage you to stick with it. Just keep it simple. We call them a discovery Bible study. Okay, I want to just take a second and see if you have any questions. Yes, uh, Fee. saying of people learn better through hearing. That's true, visual or auditory, both. It's interesting, even in the western world, where we are literate, there's different learning styles. And though people can read, there are tactile learners. For example, my natural learning style is tactile. I need to touch it and talk about it and interact with it, or it's very hard, it kind of goes over my head. There are other people, and this is a big percentage now of our kind of modern world, Generation are visual and they want to see it, not see the written part, but just see it acted out. So young people today don't just listen to music; they see music, if we can say it. So these different learning styles. uh, Wycliffe Bible Study um, Bible translators did a study of all the peoples in the world and all the major culture groups, and they came to a conclusion: eighty percent are oral learners. Isn't that interesting? And when I heard that, I thought. Yeah, that's me. If I can hear it, and then I can interact with it. So in Africa, over a billion people, our Africans can hear and repeat stories much more accurately than our Westerners. I mean, an African can listen to a story, and they can, much longer stories, and they can repeat every part of it. We do whole chapters and turn them into stories. And I'm like, Oh, Jesus, help me remember. And they're just like pulling it out. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, so perhaps for us Aussies, we maybe don't do the hearing as much, but we need to do more visual. Visual. Absolutely. I I do this when I'm with young adults, when we do Discovery Bible Studies. And I don't give anybody advance warning. It's not like this has got to be all kind of professional. I'll just grab two or three. Say, here's a passage, you're so-and-so, you're so-and-so in the story. You guys get a play or a drama, you've got three minutes to get it together. I did this in December with a group, and um, I asked somebody who was uh, closest speaking, somebody who was Afrikaans speaking, somebody who was English speaking. So we had a story in three languages, because they were a little uncomfortable, the closest speaking guy and the Afrikaans, when they wanted to stay in their own language. I said, great, just act your parts in your language. Do you think that hindered the group from learning? No, they loved it even more. They were laughing and interacting because here are people just being true to their story and they saw it visually in front of them. It's good. More questions. Boy, do you find for people who... um Try and commit that C part to doing something, say during the week, they do differently than they had before. Is it, do you find it flows well out of what story you've just read? Um, do you open up to anything they want to do differently in the week? Does it have to be based on the scripture? So you talk about obedience. Here. How do you find, after doing it a few times, that that C part going with, especially those uh, who aren't Christians? on find the C part works well with it, uh, especially committing to um, doing something based from obedience in the word. Um, does that come naturally for these guys? Or is it something you have to really... My experience has been that uh, people who are on the journey, who are, um, who are participating in such a study because they want to and they choose to be there, that they grow faster and deeper than people who have been doing this for a long time. That's my experience. Now, um, coming together in such a study, a discussion, is a third or fourth step in the process. I can review that process with you. In fact, you, you're going to get a brochure tonight that outlines that process. You know, pray. Uh, meet people. Share Jesus with them. Uh, start meeting with them on a regular basis. Disciple them toward faith. Gather them. And, decide, and discovery Bible studies. And then reproduce it. Yeah, it's down the line a little bit. So it's not like first time I meet you, Andrew, and say, would you like to have a Bible study? We've got a, you know, a bit of a contact I've shared with you. You've responded. Maybe I've kind of initiated a spiritual conversation. I'm praying for you. You ask me more. I share my story of how Jesus has come into my life. You share your spiritual journey. I say to you, hey, would you like to get together? We meet one-on-one. I invite two more people then a couple weeks down the road that I've also got relationship with, or you might bring a friend or two, and then we're discussing this together, and these are all people who are serious. The ones who are not serious, then we give them horizontal promotions. (laughs) It means that we're not going to hold back those who are serious and reduce the common denominator... Now, catch this. This is really important. We don't reduce the common denominator to the lowest level of commitment. People who are not ready, we respect that, but we won't allow them to set the tone for people who are serious and really want to go for it. So by horizontal promotion, that means I will say to a person, why don't you and I get together one-on-one? Because I can see you're struggling with the group. Let's let the group keep going, and you and I get together. (laughs) And if they just need some more time and attention, we'll do that. But if they're not really showing seriousness, then I might slow it down to once a month. Because I'm not going to spend a lot of time with people who are not serious. Because I'm looking for good soil. Or who just are not ready. Maybe they're serious, but they're just way down. And they just, you know, if they, want, if they really want help, I'll give it to them. But they set that pace, but they don't hold back the group. What if the group like that? Sorry. <laughs> um, I faced that. Uh, I faced that a year and a half ago with these very same Malayan guys, and. Um, so I provoked a crisis. We had a crisis. <laughs> and I started it. I basically said, you know, guys, you're like you're not showing up. You're not serious. It's not like a priority. Some weeks it's football. Sometimes it's, you know, it's Bible. And like, I, I'd like us to stop and kind of think about what we want from this. So why don't you think about a couple of weeks and then you get back with me and let me know what you'd like to do. Because I'm really committed, but I, I'm not sure this is that important to you guys. So we're a little shocked. You know, the white guy, the old guy. So that's really hard. Somebody who's got gray hair. So they, they're geared to showing honor. But now they're getting a little bit of a spanking. And I'm saying, this is not important to you. But if it is important, let's go for it. So I didn't hear from him very much for months. And then um, my wife and I went to the States in July last year to take a little break. And uh, right before I left, they called me and they said, we want to meet with you before you leave for the USA. I thought, wow, this is interesting. They called a meeting. I went to them in a little shack home in a very poor slum area. I went in the room. We had nice friendship and hello and hi and drinking tea. And then they looked at me and they said, We ask you to come because we want to apologize. We did not show respect to you. We did not show respect to God. We are serious. Will you please start meeting with us again? We have talked about it. We have prayed. Wow. So I said, when I get back, let's go for it. And we just completed nine, ten weeks, the most awesome, serious, committed, growing time with those guys. So we we would say do not allow those who are not at a place where they can grow or want to grow to hold back those who do want to grow. So you have to separate sometimes in love. I consider it not discrimination but respect. (laughs) But also I want them to respect where others are going.